Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You are watching a master at work. This is NFL Trend Zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker. I'm here with Wes Johnson out in California. Jason Bolin here in the Midwest, and we are here to talk about the NFL. In particular, we're going to kind of break down a budding MVP race through five weeks, even though it's not uh, award isn't handed out till the end of the season. It's interesting to study who's doing what. We'll go through some of our early season MVPs in that regard. Then we'll go through some of the noteworthy games from week five and preview some from week six. That is on our agenda. We hope you stay with us for the duration of the show. First, we're going to talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. In another sport, baseball, the Houston Astros are the front runner to represent. In the World Series, or represent the American League, excuse me, they are the odds-on favorites, whereas the Dodgers, who are embroiled in an elimination game on Thursday evening, are the favorites to win the whole damn thing. With a new updated site interface on Bet Online, even more odds, props, bets, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code, BLEAV, like the name of the show, to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. I want to start off tonight by asking the panel about their early season MVP. Through five weeks, we've seen the Chiefs not look very good as a whole. The defense isn't very good, but Mahomes, for the most part, is his mighty self. And then some, like he's the one that comes to mind that kind of in that LeBron James mode where every year he should be considered for MVP. But right now his team's upside down. So he really can't, unless you want to pull out Alex Rodriguez vibes from, was it 2002? He won the MVP when the Rangers were upside down. So I will start my early season MVP through week five is Tom Brady. I think based on the metrics, the mashup that he uh, numerically deserves it. And then he's got the 15 touchdowns to, to fix. And then also I, if I, if I could vote, if I was that cool, I would take into account that the man is 43 or 44, 44. Mm-hmm. And that would matter to me. I would want to give him a lifetime trophy because it's not ordinary that a man 44 years old is doing this. So I would uh, emphatically give the MVP award to Tom Brady. Wes, who would you Lamar Jackson. Really? After after the one magnificent game? Uh, it's more than one magnificent game. Uh, as of right now, he has um, 1,860 combined yards uh, rushing and passing. That's more than 18 NFL teams. 18. Okay. <laughs> um, he currently has more passing yards than uh, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, oh, Patrick wow. Mahomes. He has more rushing yards than Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor, um, Antonio Gibson. So he's doing it both. Uh, They had no business being anywhere close to a win on Monday night, but somehow he was able to to put them on his back and and carry him to a victory. I think if um, they would have sealed the deal against uh, Vegas in the or actually, no, they did. No, Vegas got them. No, they lost. Yeah, yeah, yep. they lost. That's why we believed yeah. in the Raiders for a yeah. while. That's right. Uh, if they would have sealed the deal that opening week night, um, you know, they'd be um, four and one now. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I think it, he'd be a little more in that conversation. But I mean, if you have more yards than. 18 entire <laughs> NFL franchises that's saying something. So. Yeah. And I, I think if you also adhere like, you know, a constitutionalist to the definition of the words, most valuable player, I don't think that you could easily insert a mediocre, mediocre quarterback like uh, Taylor Heineke under the Ravens and expect them to have a winning record. So uh, after your case, uh, I can't say that I, I disagree 
um, because he's propelling the team like the most valuable player would do. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm going to have a lot of LeBron references to like, like LeBron <laughs> on some of those Cleveland teams where just no business being in the finals, but how, somehow they got there. Right. All right, Jason, who's yours? You got one? Yeah, you know, I don't have just one. I okay. don't. I, I mean, this this is way too early and way too close for me to call. I like both of your guys' choices. Obviously, you can't go wrong with with either of those guys. I and I kind of chuckled at Lamar Jackson until Wes rattled off those stats. <laughs> 18 well, yeah, he, teams. Yeah, he had, uh, I think it was the first game of the season, he had two pretty costly fumbles, and that's what right. stuck out in my mind. But that yeah. happens, happens to anybody. You know, but I, I'm going to throw out um, – you know, I'm going to throw out. Uh, I'm going to throw out Josh Allen for one. Um, he's got a rank up there, and I know that he's he's right up at the top with in every major statistical category. I can't imagine the Bills are anything without that guy. Uh, and then, um, and, and I was going to throw out Kyler Murray, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure exactly. Well, yeah, I don't think that they're the Cardinals are much without that guy either. Um, but I just don't know because the few games that I did watch with him, he, he, while they won and he did look good, he also looked bad at the same time. So <laughs> I, I didn't want to throw that out. Uh, you know, I wanted to make sure I mentioned both of those things. So, but yeah, I mean, it's Tom Brady. You can't go wrong there. And uh, right. the, uh, the thing with Kyler Murray is, is that, and he gets away with it. He has, basically that gunslinger mentality where you know that he's might throw a couple picks and you can either chalk that up to, Hey, he's only 24 or 25, whatever he is. Um, or that might just be a, his style and he gets away with it. He takes chances and um, most of the time he converts and some of the times he doesn't, but that's Kyler almost like far for his entire I got career. one more shocker too for you. And it might yeah. not be a shocker, but Justin Herbert comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah. Man. He's, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think I tweeted. I did tweet out my Brady pick, like for anybody that cared, and uh, that was. I think somebody asked me, "Would you put Murray, Herbert, and somebody else in there?" And yeah, Herbert is especially impressive because it's his second year, and there is no evidence whatsoever a sophomore slump. No, and then the people are already talking about him being able, being the real deal. I mean, you know, competing with the Mahomes, and well, obviously dethroning him recently. Oh, there was, uh, did we talk about this last week? I don't think so. <clears throat> Two, the game that was delayed because of lightning, the Los Angeles somebody game was prime time. And Steve Young, they had to do a bunch of filler time. And they were talking about uh, how he's already a Hall of Famer. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. yo, Young was throwing it out as a generational yeah. talent. Yeah. Yeah. And be careful on that. Yeah. Yeah. We did talk about that. Yeah. (laughs) And then one other note that certainly not MVP, but in theory, if it continued, there better be a vote or two. Trayvon Diggs has six interceptions in five games. Yeah. And hypothetically, if he kept up that pace and ended up having 20 picks, oh man, I would be pissed if he didn't get MVP votes. That's because I'm a defense guy. That'd be a first time deal too, wouldn't it be? Yeah, I mean it won't it won't keep up. I mean it, 20, 20 it should. Yeah, that'd yeah. be sweet. <laughs> but he's got six <laughs> interceptions, and sometimes that like leads the league at the end of the year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I think I think Anthony Harris, our guy, uh Wes had was it six, maybe seven interceptions in seven, 2019, I think. 2019 yeah. and he was the league leader. And I remember writing about that thinking, isn't that skimpy? And, right. and here's Diggs through like five games out of 17 got six interceptions. So did they, what is the record for most in a season in the modern NFL from when I say modern, I mean like from 1990 on Deion Sanders would have to have that record. Wouldn't he? Oh, I will. I will look it up here. Hold on. I'm interested to know that there in the seventies, the high man was usually 10, 11 or 12. That's how that record by Paul Krause will never be broken. Uh, because there just aren't as many anymore. Let's look 14. at Dick Nitrain Lane. That's the all-time record. Yep, yeah. 1952. 52. <laughs> yep. The so that's a it's a great talking point, Jason, because the pace and even if he just fell off a little bit for Trayvon Diggs, like the most in the last holy crap, 40 years is 10 interceptions in a season. And that is, did Champ Bailey get that? Multiple people. Uh, Xavier Howard, Antonio Cromartie, Champ Bailey, Asante Samuel, Samuel Delta O'Neal, Ty Law. De- Delta O'Neal. 
<laughs> Rondé Barber, Anthony Henry, Mark Carrier, Scott Case, Ronnie Lott, Kenny Easley. And then when they hit the 80s, that's when they get to the double digits. Um, so, Everson, so, Everson uh, Walls, what a sweet name. Uh, Ronnie Lott got 10. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's badass for, yeah. uh, for a strong safety. Uh, that's incredible that nobody could eclipse that 10 mark. No, I yeah. think and it, it's it's not going to happen anytime soon because quarterbacks don't throw mass interceptions anymore, or they get benched or sent to New Orleans. Uh, they just <laughs> they just don't. You you can't be a merchant of interceptions and survive. That the coaches don't allow it anymore. But in the seventies uh, and eighties, you could. It was just part of the game, and that's why the people at the top of the all time interceptions are just these dudes that played in the seventies. So mm-hmm. so what's probably going to happen based on history is that Diggs gets maybe one more the whole rest of the season and then he might still lead the nfl uh like yeah it actually west 2019 it was anthony harris Tredavious white and gilmore all had six six oh wow yeah yeah that's wild <laughs> what was Dion's biggest year hmm, i don't even know if he ever led the league that's incredible if he didn't isn't it? No, it doesn't appear that he did We'll have to do some reconnaissance. Well, that's probably because nobody threw at him. Yeah, that's what he'd right. tell you. Yeah, well, and, uh, <laughs> and his teammates would get the interceptions and lateral it to him. Right. Anybody that's listening that's a Viking fan, I'd like to call it Deion Sanders is an odd mix where he's not a fan of Kirk Cousins, but he does like Mike Zimmer. So uh, interceptions by Dion for his career. I'll go by season five, three, six, three, seven, six, two, 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 five, three, four. Took three years off. Three, two. Really? Wow. Yep. So yeah, I think, but I, it sounds like, you know, something players speak that, well, they, they wouldn't throw me, throw at me, but I'm pretty sure that was true. Yes. <laughs> they did avoid the whole side of the field because of that guy. <laughs> I, I think he's the reason champ Bailey got his name. You know, because they had to avoid in Washington. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had to avoid throwing a Dion. So they threw a champ. And <laughs> all right, let's go through. We, we've talked a little bit about this MVP stuff. So I'm going to have to slice, slice off some of these meaningless games, but we'll go through maybe 10, 10, 11, 12 of the, the big ones. The most fresh in our memory, and Wes is going to start because he's already got the Lamar. Jackson speech prepared. They were down 22 to three, the Baltimore Ravens, and they won 31 25. I watched that game from cover to cover. And I think as soon as they got the bad lateral uh, called against them, it felt like, all right, this is one of those ones that's lining up in the cosmos where the Ravens are going to come back and win it. And thanks to Lamar, they did. And now they look like the sort of front runners to win that division, especially on a steam, like a win like that. Uh, what's your thoughts on Baltimore and then probably the uh, Browns that are nipping at their heels? Yeah. Um, so yeah, Baltimore's four and one um, currently. I, I thought they were uh, three and two. Um, so yeah, they had the opening night loss to Vegas in Vegas um, in overtime. Um, you know, that really could have gone either way as could have this game. Um Biggest difference, probably Lamar um, holding on to the football. Uh, this team was 5-0. and I, I think a lot of people would be talking about them different. I haven't heard too much in regards to um, the Baltimore Ravens being considered a, a outright contender. Much they should like, be. Yeah, they should. They should mm-hmm. be. Um, I don't know if it's because of the bevy of uh, early season injuries that they've dealt with season ending injuries at that, um, that we haven't heard as many people take them as seriously as they probably should. But, um, through the first half of the season, they have, um, performed and performed well. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I, I believe Lamar so far is, um, the early season MVP, um, the Colts, on the other hand, large expectations heading into the season. Um, it looks like they're starting to put it together now. Um, Wentz, obviously missing training camp, uh, probably held that team back from you know really getting off to a, a hot start. Um, they're one and four now. Uh, they're going to have a lot of work to do to catch up. Um, 
They got what, tennis, Tennessee in their division. Yeah, they're probably dead for postseason yeah. simply because other teams are better. And right. I, I wouldn't put it past them to rally to get 10 and 7 or 9 and 8, but I think it's too late to climb out of that hole. And Wentz looked good. Yeah. I mean, he didn't look like the, I'm sick of saying it, the 2017 wins because we say that every show, but he looked good. He looked like he deserved a starting job, maybe not for 130 million or whatever it is, but he looked good. Um, you watched Jason, the Ravens beat the Broncos not long ago. Do you consider them contenders? Yeah. I mean, you, you certainly have to, after this last game, um, I, you know, I wasn't, I mean, they did some, some good things against Denver, but and the score was much closer than that game actually was. So they <laughs> technically should have won 42 to whatever it was. But, um, you know, when I stopped, when I walked, what little of the game I did watch, and I didn't watch the whole game the other night, but the Ravens weren't doing shit when I was watching. Yeah. They took, they, they, holy cow. Yeah, they I took mean, time to get going. And then, you know, so I thought the Colts were doing a heck of a job there um, on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively. I thought they came out with a great plan to stop that team. And, and then, you know, I'm looking at some of the final stats right now. Holy shit. Jackson finishes 442 <laughs> yards, 37, passing. 30, passing, yeah, yeah, just passing 37 for 43, which is like 90% almost 85% um, completion percentage or, or above 85%, which is like uh NFL record as well for, yeah, that's incredible. And then, but then, yeah, to your point, Dustin, I look and Wentz had his best game of the year, yep. um, you know, and, and did, enough you would think to to secure the victory and god what a it's like the ravens just snatched it right out of their heart like um, to po- like to point out that kicking was the undoing for the colts if anybody cares <laughs> well i was i was looking at it and i was like oh my god there has to be a reason that this mm-hmm. happened but yeah. uh yeah. you know it's what a demoralizing defeat this was for for the colts because you know this was a season ender um, you know, they, they are done. Um, and it, and it could have been a season saver had they won. Yeah. Yeah. It was so pivotal. If you get a win like that over Lamar Jackson, it does so much for morale. And then you're not one and four, you're two and three, just like chiefs. Yeah. Um, and the, and the, the team, Frank Reich always schemes a game close to perfection. Uh, we've talked to once or twice before about the playoff game last year against the bills with rivers in charge. That game was schemed that they should win. Every every play that I watched, I was like, these Colts came to win. And they just they didn't have the talent down the stretch, the playmakers, I should say, to match uh, Buffalo and Allen's rise to stardom. Yeah. Uh, next week, get your popcorn ready. It, it goes up opposite my football game, which is obviously the Vikings. But the Chargers take on the Ravens in Baltimore. 4-1 and one meets 4-1. and one, And uh, there's some folks that will tell you this is a preview of the AFC Championship. So... Um, the Colts, on the other hand, have a gimme. We hope, or we don't hope, but we think they are at home versus the Texans, uh, who put up a little bit of a fight against the Patriots for a while, and or more than a little bit of fight. They 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 led for a lot of the game, uh, but the Colts should get to two and four. But I'm with you, Jason, that it's it's too late. Um, there's just other teams in the AFC that are good, and we'll go from there. Um, yeah, well, and one more thing I'll touch on with that is like you know if Wentz is what I think he is. And he's got that <laughs> fragile, you know, cause I've mentioned it on the show a few times that fragile, you know, ego, uh, this had to have just crushed him. <laughs> yeah. Mm. No, it I was mean, just... in a position to win the, win the game, the whole game, really. I mean, gosh, Oh man, that's a it, bruiser. It was vicious. All right. Let's talk about the other head scratcher. The Colts were a head scratcher because they played a first half that was worthy of beating Lamar Jackson. And that's the Kansas city chiefs. I watched that game. Also Uh, the second half, I returned back from the Vikings game, which we'll also talk about shortly. Uh, The bills dominated chiefs for the first time. I think in my Patrick Mahomes life, chiefs looked like garbage and they didn't look like garbage in the super bowl. Their offensive line did. And a couple of their wide receivers on the whole though, Mahomes did not. Um, and that was Super Bowl. Sunday Night Football, nothing looked right. He looked off. <clears throat> the defense is a problem, and it cannot be ignored anymore. Now you start to look at this two and three, and you think, all right, with this defense is not going to do them any favors. 
can they simply get to 10 and 7, 11 and 6, and then just be the team nobody wants to face in the playoffs? Because they are not a complete football team. This feels like an Andy Reid team before Mahomes, where it just doesn't quite have it, but they're good enough to get to the playoffs and lose, or usually shockingly or fluky. Uh, I was not impressed by the Chiefs. I'll never have a funeral for Mahomes, but I, uh, I I will point blank tell our listeners that when you have a shitty defense, you do not win Super Bowls. It doesn't matter. Uh, there's no exceptions. Shitty defenses that allow 30-plus points a game do not make it through January into February. Uh, the Bills, on the other hand, looked great. It's it's weird that a lot of their production is like without Diggs as the, the front man. I don't know if right. he's getting too much attention. Uh, yeah, but Allen, after a little bit of a rocky start through a couple games, is back to his superstardom. So, Jason, have you, these Chiefs, it must be music to your ears to see them look inept. You know, it, it was kind of, but I'm going to tell you, it's I didn't, I didn't see that. I mean, I saw it, but I didn't see it because I still know what Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill are capable of at any given time. What I saw was Josh Allen. I mean, with 315 yards, that had to have came with like in like four passes. <laughs> I mean, did you see those long bombs he threw yeah. that were just right on the money? It's just darts. Didn't even leave the screen. I mean, just, oh my goodness gracious. I saw a team... I saw better Buffalo than bad Chiefs. Now, granted, obviously Mahomes made some blunders, had a couple picks, mm-hmm. had that muff snap, and yeah, they did look pedestrian and human for mm-hmm. a change. There but it, it, that, as a Broncos fan, that doesn't make me <laughs> feel any better. They'll, they'll 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 whoop Denver. There's still more than now. If you're talking about going up against your Baltimore's or your Buffaloes or Cleveland's or teams like that, then then yeah, I mean they they may lose each and every one of those games against any one of the other AFC contenders. But against a team like my Broncos, I mean, yeah, I'm still very (laughs) fearful of them. Well, not being able to beat the best teams is a problem for uh, a Mahomes standard. And just like like they systematically went and re-fortified the offensive line, they're going to have to think about doing that with the defense. I don't know if they have the money for it, um, but there's always – there's 12 games left. The defense could get better. The Seahawks did it last year. The Seahawks' defense was atrocious – through half the season. And then after week eight, they were the best in the NFL in terms of points allowed. So there's precedent for it, but so far it's upside down. Wes, uh, how good are the bills versus how bad are the chiefs? Um, one thing the broadcast team was mentioning on um, Sunday was that the bills essentially built themselves to beat the chiefs. So it was not, really surprising to see them you know fully dismantle Kansas City uh, offensively and defensively um i i think you know buffalo they've hit their stride you'd mentioned Josh Allen's struggles early on in the season um he looks like he's doing great now their defense is uh coming into its own as well um, they are a really powerful force, uh, in the AFC. I would say they're probably going to have the top seed or the second seed, um, when it's all said and done. Who can yes, beat them? Yes. Who can beat them? Um, I haven't paid too much attention to, to know what their weakness is. Um, I think it's kind of the the general adage of keep the ball out of Josh Allen's hands or, you know, any um, quarterback's hands, much like we do as Vikings uh, with Aaron Rodgers. We Mm -hmm. uh, control the the game on the ground and keep him uh, off the field. And that's usually a good recipe for success against any high-profile quarterback. um Okay. The one thing the Chiefs do have going for them, if they can have this defense start to tackle and disallow the big chunk plays, is that I was telling this to my coworker, who's a Chiefs fan. Uh, now they have Bolton board. They got their asses kicked in week f- uh, five. And if they meet in the divisional round, then it's a revenge game. And is there anybody else you want more in a revenge game than Mahomes or you know, arguably Brady, but Mahomes? 
Probably not. Uh, yeah, Josh Allen. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I can't get it out of my head, guys, when I was watching this game. The, I remember the, 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 the clip of Allen when he was sitting on the bench the first drive when the, when Kansas City had the ball and they just took a shot. Josh Allen sitting on the bench. He was just like some ready to rock. And and <laughs> and he if he ain't completing passes, he's just gonna run right at you. And this dude is just awesome. And what I love the most about the Bills, though, is that is a it's it I get so envious watching it because it's such a well-coached team. They drafted and developed this guy the right way. And you don't see that often. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, they, they, they went through the, the, the bumps early on when his first two years, three years ago, nobody would have said Josh Allen was going to be the, one of the best in the league. Nobody would have, mm-hmm. um, they, they, they <laughs> stuck with it. They stuck with their plan and that's exactly how a team should be built. Wes, you, uh, foreshadowed many predicted that they can perhaps get the number one seed. Um, they have a very reasonable chance for doing that for one reason. Can you guess it? Uh, schedule matchup, strength of schedule. Yep. Yeah. Uh, for football outsiders, DVOA, the bills have the easiest schedule remaining. <laughs> oh, geez. Yep. For those that care, the, the most difficult is the Washington football team, the green Bay Packers and Chicago bears. Those are the per DVOA. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they, the bills have a figurative cakewalk on their hands to get to number one seed and then have everything go through their hometown can you can you can you you guys real quick though do you guys know of another situation that's like what i just was talking about like where you 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 know they kind of did it the right way right i mean Mm -hmm. they they drafted this quarterback they groomed him they developed Mm -hmm. him all with the same coaching staff and then now they're reaping the rewards of it by and then they also obviously added a digs which really helped and and but now he can do it with anybody he's got out there i can't think of another situation that's even similar i mean maybe baker but i i, I don't know if that's even comparable they they did it you are correct they did it the right way so they hired mcdermott and they were mediocre for a couple of years and then they built through the draft and who cares if they got digs from a trade that's smart general management. And then yes. they, they picked the right guy in the 2018 NFL draft. It appears doesn't seem like he's going to fall off and no, they've done it brick by brick. The only thing I can think of, although they cheated was the Astros Astros built their dynasty or not dynasty, their foundation the right way, even though it took some painstaking years. West, do you have a better Seattle. one? Seattle. Seattle. Um, Kansas city in a way. I mean, they, yeah. Kansas City just feels like they hit the lottery, though. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and and he was Kansas City was good though, right? Prior, mm-hmm. I mean, they had the pretty much yeah. the same setup with That's Alex true. Smith. I mean, you remember? I mean, with Kansas City Chiefs going twelve and four with Alex Smith and getting yeah. into the playoffs wasn't a surprise, right? Before you know, Mahomes got there, uh, the Chiefs, even though they had Super Bowls back in the late sixties, to me were exactly like the Vikings. They were always. Good, I think, well respected for the most part in the eleven and five range. Usually have good years, and then in the playoffs they find some godforsaken way to lose. And I know yeah. that because a lot of my friends and family members over the years have been Chiefs fans, and we could always share misery together. And then Mahomes came along, and not that they're hot shit now, but I can't speak to them about my pain anymore because they have the opposite of it. Maybe Arizona this year. We'll see what happens with them, but yeah. All right, Jason. Same, same blueprint. Jason, uh, take us through Broncos uh, Steelers. Oh, that was a that was a tough one. Tough game to watch. Uh, you know, and I, I noticed it right second half of the Ravens game, and into this whole game, except for the fourth quarter, maybe uh, unable to move the ball. Three and out. Three and out. Defense allowing big plays. Kyle Fuller is proving to be one of the biggest disappointments of of the offseason signings. No, I was very excited to bring him on. Um, Teddy got it going in the in the fourth. Um, you know, if you look at the stats overall, you know, you, you got Sutton who who balled out. Tim Patrick had a good game, nice game. Um, the running game was pretty much non-existent, but when the defense allows them to get up right away, it's hard to stay with that run. It it, it was a nightmare. Poorly coached. Um, and again, which is why I get so envious when I see teams like the Bills. Um 
it was bad. Um, you know, but it, we were right there at the end. They could have tied it. Yeah. Could have tied it at the end, but you know, that's these moral victories aren't all I know is this next game against Oakland is, is a big one. Yeah. And that's at home. They, right? Yeah. It's at home. And you know, they got so much shit going on. I know it's a, it's a must win for Oakland too, but gosh, you know, in, in front of their home, they, they need to win. I mean, we're getting some defensive help back and Darby should be playing. Um, and when he does get back and it's, it's official, I think Kyle Fuller needs to make his way to the bench. <laughs> um, but yeah, awful, awful. It's supposed to be the, I mean, I was so excited to watch that secondary play and, and, and Fangio never blitzes. That bothers me. Oh man. I think the, from an outsider perspective, the worst part is, is that it was really the time where Steelers stock was like no good. Like Steelers are washed and so is Roethlisberger. And then all of a sudden for a day, you got the regular Steelers back that play defense and are a tough out. And so, yeah, that's, I think when you just, when you like the week that you start looking at the Steelers as a very winnable game is when the Broncos had to play them and they sort of look like the regular Steelers playing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, well, and then I, you know, so as a, as a as a Broncos fan over the last five years, you, you start to look for reasons why it wasn't so bad. Right? <laughs> so it's like I, I, I'm like, uh, well, Heinz Field is always a, a tough play, place to play, and but anytime you're going up against a coach like um, Tomlin, he, he's he hasn't had a losing season since like what ever ever mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And then he's just out coached in Shanahan's, or I mean, uh, Fangio's unma- uh, outmatched when he goes up against anybody that can actually coach football because <laughs> he doesn't make any adjustments. And, um, you know, and then I also look, well, you know, the Steelers beat the Bills, so maybe they're not as bad as people yeah. think, you know. So I look at the weird things like that, but no, it piss poor Bronco football is what well, it was. Well, I'm the, I'm the Steelers <laughs> guy for, I guess, my AFC satellite team. Um, they're going to beat the Seahawks this week because Geno Smith is playing and suddenly they're going to be three and three. And then they'll have a time to look in the mirror and figure out if they want to be a four and three team, or if they want to go back to being the doormat that they were for a week or two. Um, They have the Seahawks, like I said, and then the Broncos head home to possibly get to four and two. And I've already gotten in my head, the Raiders, what, what happened to them going three and oh, was an outlier, like good for them. It ended up, it was like, you know, Gruden's swan, swan song that we didn't even know about. And <laughs> I'm convinced that the Raiders will finish this season eight, nine or seven and 10. I pencil it in. That's how much that uh, they've I'm out on them. While but they will about, be, they will be winning this week though. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> While we're uh, in the t- uh, time frame to bemoan three and outs and whatnot, we'll talk about the Vikings game, Wes. I didn't get to do my Vikings podcast tonight. We reschedule it. So I've got Vikings thoughts in my brain that haven't been shared yet. So here's my little speech. The Suddenly, the Vikings defense is progressing. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it because they give up chunky plays, but they're holding people out of the end zone, and that's what's important. It also helps that they've played Baker Mayfield, the bad version, and Jared Goff in the last two weeks. But who cares? This stuff balance out. They played Russell Wilson and Joe Burrow and Kyler Murray in the first three weeks. So... You want to tell me the defense is only good because they're playing Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield. It's like, miss me with it because it just doesn't add up. This is the schedule you have. This is the schedule you play. The run defense isn't very good. That's a work in progress. But just when we have the emergence of a defense that we thought would eventually show up because Mike Zimmer's in charge of it, the offense has said, you know what? We're doing vanilla things. We are going to get a one-score lead and wind down the clock. And <laughs> people say that this is the 1970s mentality. And I swear to God, they didn't even do that then. You don't get a one score lead and just start protecting it as if you have the 2000 Ravens defense. Uh, you just don't do it. And, and that's just so puzzling to me that the philosophy would be, well, you know, just let's, let's get out of here with the wind. Doesn't matter how bad they are. Because when, when you develop that conservatism stuff, like almost happened against the lions ends up happening. And the Vikings were thankful that the kicker got smiled them for the first time in, in 78 years. Uh, it's, it's, it's remarkable. The Vikings found a way to win and they now have a look in the mirror that if they can beat the Carolina Panthers, who are a lot like the Raiders falling off the cliff after three, and zero, they can head into a bye week three and three. And who knows, uh, Wes, is there anything that I missed about the Vikings and the Lions? No. Yeah. The defense has been playing lights out since, uh, the second half of the Seattle game, they have given up two touchdowns. Uh, 
one after a ticky tack uh, defensive holding call on Eric Kendricks uh, against Cleveland, and the other after Alexander Madison fumbled the ball right at the end of the Detroit game. Um, so eschew those two plays, and you know you have a, a defense that hasn't technically allowed a, a touchdown um, in two and a half games. Uh, on the other side of the football, though, you have an offense that uh, I don't believe has scored a <laughs> second half touchdown since Cincinnati week one. Cincinnati, yeah, which is god awful. Uh, they have one rushing touchdown on the year. Um, I I know Dalvin Cook will help um, help this, but he can't be the only causation as to why the offense has struggled so much. So I, I don't know. Things need to get figured out and they need to get figured out quickly. Uh, if this team, you know, wants to have a chance not only against Carolina, but against Dallas coming out of the bye. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. We're, we're in the exact same boat. That's difficult, man. The second half touchdown since week one. Oof. Yeah, and they have they haven't scored a second half touchdown this season when the score margin was within one score. And so, but are they getting? And I have to ask because mm-hmm. not only do I have Dalvin Cook on my fantasy team, which he hasn't, you know, obviously I I can't even start in most weeks, but I got Kirk Cousins now. Mm-hmm. I picked up Kirk Cousins. Well, why? Because. Russell Wilson is hurt, so I figured Cousins. What the hell's going on there? Why aren't they scoring? Are they getting first downs? Not really. When they go through these stretches, um, it's yeah. like they it's like they make a conscious decision to be incompetent, and it's it's. I think it's mainly the play calling. Of Has course, of course, it always there's always the quarterback accountability, and he he'll tell you that he needs to be better in the second half, but it's. Yeah, it's like they just in the second half of games they they drive and sometimes kick a field goal, and they were so close to beating the Arizona Cardinals, who are the runaway best team in football, and that's what drives us mad. Just like you talking about trying to justify the Steelers beating you, I tried it all day try to figure out like we just should have lost the worst team in football, but we should have beat the best team in football. So. What's wrong with me? <laughs> well, and, and a lot of it too could be that they play up to or down to their competition, which I do Horrible. know is a, re- a real thing. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, you got to get so frustrated then as a as a fan watching this, and you see, and it and maybe it's just me, but I'm sure it feels this way to you guys too. But you watch any other game, any other game, doesn't matter what who it is, doesn't matter what team it is, <laughs> the worst team in the league. But you see that team put together drives successfully and get up and down the field and eventually, you know, maybe score a touchdown or two. It doesn't happen with our teams. It just doesn't. And the Vikings, <laughs> even on their bad afternoon, even on their bad afternoons, they'll tease you with one good drive. And then you're like, all right, baby, this is this is either the turning point or if it's the first drive of the game, you're like, it's gonna be a good day. And then it goes to sleep. And it would be one thing. If we had Taylor Heineke and then our, our best receiver was like Tyrell Williams, like the Lions have, and then we had James Connors running back. Like if we just weren't built to score points, I'd be like, yeah, this is all you're getting. But when you have Jefferson, Cook, Thielen, Cousins, and Alexander Madison, like you should be able to put up 24 points like clockwork. And- Easily. Same <laughs> with Denver, though. Yeah. Just think about all that young talent that's gotten wasted. You know, this could be part of this could be part of the plan. You know what? We're not gonna we're not gonna let any of these guys really do much, and then that way we can extend them on the cheap. You know, I mean, seriously, I can't even imagine what else their plan would be. Well, what are you gonna do? I mean, you're not worth this much. I mean, you've only produced this. That would be such I a mean, long game plan to it. It wouldn't be though, but Jesus, but what are you doing? I mean, you got you got Joe get Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, you got freaking uh soon to be Javante Williams, Noah Fant, who's just rotting away. They keep him in the block. So that's a great idea. That, I mean, that's a good that's a good game plan there. Let's just keep Noah Fant in the block. And then what we'll do is we'll put Vaughn Miller out on out on Chase Claypool. We'll let him cover that guy for we'll see how he does. <laughs> Those things happened. <laughs> and then Vaughn Miller at the end of the game press conferences and nothing else to say. So he just says, Well, I mean, I, 
I, I mean, I'm, I'm up for the challenge. I mean, I know I can do it on a good day. No, Vaughn. No, no. No. Yeah, just go get the quarterback for the love of yes. God. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the segue to Browns, Chargers, Wes, you saw this this week on Vikings Twitter. Um, so the Browns put up uh, 42 points on the Chargers, and that also means that they allowed 47 points to the Chargers, and that was – Chum yeah. for Vikings fans to say, well, this this defense that was oh, which way was it? They said the evidently the Browns defense isn't that good if they just gave up 47 points to the Chargers and the lowly Vikings couldn't even put up more than seven points. And never mind the fact that this high flying Browns offense went dormant against the Vikings. No, no kudos to the Vikings defense. It was one sided, but uh, I don't I don't know why I had to take that shot right there, but I did. Uh, <laughs> what about uh, Chargers, Browns, the Browns go three and two, the Chargers basically put an MVP cap on Justin Herbert after this win. A fantasy dream. Break it down for me. Me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't catch much, much of the game, just the, the highlights. Um, really a unexpected shootout, I think. Um, I was looking at the Charger defenses, an up and coming unit, um, you know, one that they'd be able to rely upon to uh, carry them some games, which I'm, I'm sure it can. But um, I, I guess they are currently leaky against the run. Uh, so if you can run on the Chargers, you have a shot. Uh, that offense, though, is so dynamic. Um, at the end of the game, Austin Eckler was trying to stay out of the end zone and kneel down. Uh, he, he was able to kneel down the first time, and the second time, uh, the Cleveland defenders picked him up and carried him into the end <laughs> Did zone. Did they really? So that, yeah. So yeah. That they could get the ball back. <laughs> that was awesome. I love yeah. seeing That was great play. You know you live in a different era when that shit's happening. Yeah. <laughs> Please score this touchdown. Belichick used to do that, like let him walk in so they could give Brady the ball back. Yep. Maybe, maybe, maybe Belichick started it. Yeah. Remember when Belichick kicked to Manning in overtime? <laughs> oh God. That was, that was a regular season Monday nighter. I watched it at your place. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There Wes, I think it was 2013 or 2014. The, <laughs> I remember this vividly. I think the Broncos were up 25 to zero at halftime. And I was like, you know, trying to build Jason up here, like, man, they're kicking their ass. Like, and he was like, this isn't going to last. He was like, do you think for one second, this is going to last? And I was like, yeah, this is how football works. I don't think they're going to roar back. Like they can maybe, but, and then they did. And it got to (laughs) the point of overtime and Belichick decided to win. He won the toss and he kicked the ball to Peyton Manning because he wanted to play defense against him. And this is Manning (laughs) at the peak, the peak of his powers. Yeah. And Manning wasn't able to do shit that game either. The only reason they had the lead is because of a special teams fumble, you know, a couple defensive plays. Manning wasn't doing shit, and Belichick knew it. Yeah, but think about how brazen that would be to give in overtime. I don't know if even the rules had changed yet. I think the rules were still the old rules. Yeah, I think they were. Yeah, where all you needed was a field goal, which makes it even more testicular, like, oomph. That, <laughs> yeah. Like, what, not, if indeed the rule was still the same. It, no, it wasn't. The rule wasn't? was, okay. the rule was, de- uh, that actually changed the year of, um, uh, the, the year that Tebow threw the Demarius Thomas touchdown. So the year, okay. two okay. years prior to that, 2011. Um, so, okay. So, yeah. So what Belichick wanted, Inevit- or ultimately what Belichick wanted was field position. He knew that his team would be able to stifle Denver. Like this is the Manning that threw 55 touchdowns in that season, I believe. So uh, he was in the midst of that. And he said, no, I just want to give it to Manning so I can get the ball back with field position. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness. It's legendary. Oh man. Oh, All right. That was great. Uh, 49ers and Cardinals had a defensive battle. The Cardinals won 17-10, sending the Niners two and three and haplessness at quarterback because Lance is banged up, Garoppolo's banged up. I don't even know who the QB three is. And the Cardinals went to five and zero. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw some folks kind of say the Cardinals didn't really just take care of business against the 49ers. What the heck was the deal? 
this is a division game, folks. This is what these things are designed to be. Um, right. slot, slot fests. And I don't care if it's warm weather. Like division games, usually, they're anything like the NFC North. You can just throw the records away and watch, you know, survive in advance type of thing. And that's exactly what the Cardinals did. And they're going to be in the playoffs because they're not going to melt down like they did last year. But uh, in, in your hometown, San Francisco, what's the what's the thought on the Niners slash Lance? Uh, definitely work to do for the Niners. Um, they they obviously schemed well against Arizona to only allow for two touchdowns. Um, Lance had some flashes. Um, Shanahan's already come out and said once Jimmy's healthy, he's back in there. Uh, so there's no, yeah, QB controversy. Uh, they are on a bye week this week, so uh, both quarterbacks should be able to get healthy. Um, yeah, defense want, looks like it's doing good. So yeah, it's it's so strange that uh, Shanahan's the offensive-minded coach, and yet their defense is always the thing. If it's healthy, to hang the hat on, it's a beautiful balance. That's why they got to the Super Bowl and should have won the damn thing. I want to point out about these rookie quarterbacks between Wilson, Lawrence, Fields, Lance. You, the listener, you've been hoodwinked by Mahomes and Herbert. That's not the, the norm. It'd be great if one of those guys, Lawrence, just looks like in his prime right out of the gate, but that's not the way it works. And it's okay that these guys have sucked through five weeks. This is how it goes. Quarterbacks usually suck coming out of college and if you're going to use the gold standard of Mahomes or now Herbert, you're going to be disappointed. Um, so I wouldn't, I don't know if anybody's writing off Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Lance. Jones has been good, but not great. Like this is growing pains. It's how it works. You really can't evaluate a dude until like the third quarter of the second season. And then hopefully you have optimism going into the third. You just strike gold when you find a guy like Mahomes or Herbert. So, well, and I do want to comment on that. Mm -hmm. though. And, um, you know, in Herbert and Mahomes' situation, they they actually walked into pretty good situations, right? I mean, you, you're talking about the, some of the weapons that Herbert has, and obviously you need a good quarterback, competent quarterback, to be able to get those guys the ball. But, um, you know, they're pretty set. I mean, they got a pretty good team, the Chargers do, and mm -hmm. in spite of how bad the coaching has been over the last couple of years. But the new, the new outfit they got there seems to be juve uh, – gelling good and then Mahomes well he walked into a a pretty damn good situation <laughs> too so anytime you take one of those early on quarterbacks um yeah it's definitely going to take some time I mean Lawrence this poor guy in Jacksonville may never may never succeed and he could very well go down as a bust but it's not going to be a bust it's not going to be his fault mm -hmm. um so many quarterbacks you can group into that category um Josh Rosen's another one. We'll, <laughs> He's we'll the never, ultimate. You know, we'll we yeah. never know what that guy was ever capable of because I was confident as a shot. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and you see it so many times. But how many times is it the the drafting and the development of a of a quarterback, just like they did in Buffalo? That needs to happen, and it's not happening. And the quarterbacks are getting the 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 shitty end of the deal out of it. It's it's sad. Even Allen through two years and especially in the first year and the first half of the second year, he wasn't good. Like he no. extended, extended plays with his legs and that was cool. He was a competitor, a gamer on that Thanksgiving game, I think against the Cowboys. I think it was Thanksgiving 2019. I, th I saw him fight for a third down on the quarterback sneak. You know, it looked like he was a fullback. And that's when I knew that, okay, this guy is here to stay. And even if he isn't very accurate, because he wasn't. Uh, he's going to be a gamer, and they, they built on that. They got into the playoffs in the second year, and he made dumb mistakes in that game. They lost. Then they 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 grew. They went to the FC Championship last year. So just to your point again, Jason, about how they built the thing um, from the, the ground up, and they got the right guy at quarterback, it's working for them. But what? the takeaway there is Allen sucked for quite some yeah. time before he Yes, he did. He did. Mm -hmm. and, and another one that comes to mind, too, is if you think about it, and this guy wasn't – we wasted three years – with this guy not being developed, some would argue regressing bad is Darnold. Yeah. I mean, he had to sit and suffer under Adam Gase and, and that <laughs> horrible, horrible experiment there. And, uh, you know, fortunately for him, he was able to, you know, people still saw good 
and, you know, and he's in a better situation now. Good for him. Um, but God, I feel so bad for these, some of these, most of these quarterbacks. The final note, and we talked about this, Wes, I think it was just you and me back during the draft time. Out of the five that I mentioned or the five that were drafted, no matter yeah. how, you, how you dress it up, only two of them are going to be good, good. The other right. three are going to be average or be out of the league soon. It's, it's not an insult to your favorite team. It's not an insult to scouts, really, because it just happens. Um, there's so much draft hype that goes into those months, January, February, March. And ultimately, those first round the, 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 they can't do any wrong. They end up not turning into much and it happens each draft cycle and guaranteed. So, yep. So two of them right now, you got to pick your two that are going to be good and three of them won't be all that good. And you know, they'll set the team back by about three years. That's just the way it goes. The yeah, last, now, yeah. And I'd say three of them will just never know if they could have been good <laughs> yeah. just because of the situations that they're put in, make it impossible for them. The last one we have on the docket was all the way back in our memories to Thursday night football, the Rams and the Seahawks. I thought for sure that game would go down to the wire. It tried to, but both players hurt their fingers and Wes or Wes's Russ's was he had to have screws put in it. And now for the first time in his career, he's going to miss football games. And that means that I've, I've tweeted this stat before to the Vikings crowd that since 2015, the only players that have been around since then that have played every game uh, without injury, excuse me, would be Brady and Cousins. Those are the only dudes that have not missed games to injury because Wilson is now off that set. And Philip Rivers' defense, he was there too, but he, he retired recently. So the Rams found a way to victory. Geno Smith had a good drive. It was, it was Geno time. Everybody, <laughs> I was pretty excited about him because we love reclamation stories. Uh, are the Seahawks dead for six weeks with Gino or will they maybe go three and three or something West? I, I think Gino can keep them competitive. Uh, from what I saw from him on, on the two drives that he had, uh, the second drive was cut short by the interception. Um, he, you know, he's, he's a veteran. He understands uh, the situation. Um, it it kind of goes back to, uh, last week when we were talking about uh, the results of the 49er uh, Seahawk game, I had said that the loser of the game would more than likely miss the playoffs. Um, I, and then I doubled down by saying, I, I think <laughs> Seattle actually, even though they won the game, will probably miss the playoffs. And, you know, here we are. Unfortunate injury, injury for Russ, but I think there's a lot of deficiencies on this team. Um, maybe, you know, they rally and they're able to, uh, put it together. Um, but I, I just don't see it. Uh, one interesting tidbit, um, I forget where I saw it, but, um, Gino Smith, who was drafted by the jets, he is now in control of essentially one of the jets draft picks because, Seattle traded oh, yeah. uh, two first rounders for <laughs> Jamal Adams. So uh, that uh, that bill is due this draft year. So <laughs> I, uh, I guess my memory is scarce on this. <clears throat> Did they get savagery for dealing two first for a safety? Not really. Um, it was Seattle did it. Nobody cared. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> gave him shit for it. I mean, even if he, gosh, if he was like Aaron Donald, which he's not, it'd be weird for that spot on the field. I, maybe I'm just Zimmer uh, Vikings football where next to Harrison Smith, you can pretty much put any safety and the guy will be pretty good. Um, but yeah, what a, what a, I would be fuming if, if my coach traded two firsts for a safety. I got, I got a hot take on this. Yeah. Let's have it. I, I actually think the Seahawks are going to be better. <laughs> oh, God. Um, oh, man. And and obviously, Geno, that's not saying that Geno Smith is better than Russell Wilson by any stretch of anybody's imagination. Um, but I think that they're going to do things differently now. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, it's going to be a different team. It's going to look different. And other teams won't be able to stop it. Um, and I think Geno Smith can weather the storm. He's not going to put up 400 yards a game or multiple touchdowns a game. But you're not going to see deep, deep moon balls to DK Metcalf 
and you're going to see different kinds of things, I think. And when I say better, I don't mean like going to go undefeated or something, but I think that they're going to finish this stint with a winning record, keep them alive. And um, um, I think the playmakers that they have will, will still get the touches and still get the ball. And it's just going to be a different looking team. It almost sounds like you're a Seahawk fan. You know, I, <laughs> well, I do like D, DK Metcalf, but you know, I mean, what, what's the Seahawks trend been the last few years, right? I mean, they've started out hot out of the gates Everybody catches on. Everybody knows exactly what that team is going to do. The few games I've watched this year didn't look any different. They did the exact same thing that they've done every year. Um, so I just think, I think this actually might be good. <laughs> uh, Wes, you got a rebuttal? Tell me how crazy I am there. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I don't got anything. Don't got anything. We'll, we'll see what happens. When I say they're going to be better, I, you know what I mean, though. I don't <laughs> mm-hmm. mean that, oh, they're way better off with Geno Smith. I'm not even, I'm not saying that. I'm just thinking it's going to be different, meaning yeah. that it's going to confuse and make other teams planning for them a little bit more difficult. The only thing for, for your um, prophecy to come true is that Geno will have to protect the ball. Ordinarily, yes, yes. ordinarily, Russ is pretty good at that. He's pretty good at everything, but ball security is, he's kind of like Rodgers. The one thing that will always make Rodgers so marvelous is that he doesn't throw interceptions. And when he does, it's like breaking news, especially pick sixes. And Russell throws a couple, and he does kind of one of seasons grinding down to the week 17 or now week 18. And yeah, and like, didn't West, didn't the Seahawks like quietly lose to the Wofford led Rams in the wild card round last year? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. And there's another thing that nobody, no heat, didn't get any heat to them. That was just like, oh, yeah, they, they lost. We had off season drama with Russ giving him a, a list of destinations he'd like to be traded. I would wanted. love to have Russell Wilson in Denver. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's yeah. money. Yeah. He is he, great. And yeah. So hopefully I didn't, I didn't like, you guys understood what I was trying yeah, to say. Yeah. They, yeah. They will, they won't be easy to scheme because Russ is the team uh, because he's so good. So, the only thing that needs to happen for your, for you to be correct is that uh, Geno Smith has to be average. He yep. can't be the Geno that here, we remember. Here are the next five. Uh, so primetime Sunday night football at uh, Steelers. Uh, primetime Monday night football <laughs> at home against the Saints. Um Jaguars come to Seattle the next week. Could be two and one. Uh, then they're at Green Bay. Two and two. And then home versus the Cardinals. Ooh, yeah. So they're going to have to snatch that Steeler game for, for Bowen to come without with a winning record on this. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it'll be interesting for sure. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, yeah, but like you said, Wes, I mean, he put together now, granted they weren't planning to face Geno Smith. So yeah. maybe that contributed to why he was able to put together those, you know, a couple of good drives there at the end, but yeah. you know, we'll see. But I, I do, I do know though, that they rely so heavily on him on Russ. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and as they should, you know, but um, this might be, this might be good for the team as a collective. Yeah. To see what they can actually do. Cause it's just been the rush show for nine seasons now, even though the defense was so good early on. Yeah. The, uh, to pound home one more final time before we hop off air is usually the thing that separates. So Gino looked great for a drive or two, and you'll see that from quarterbacks, but usually the ones that don't last will throw some crazy pick or fumble at a terrible time. And they do that consistently. That's why case Keenum didn't last after his Vikings steam. Uh, he was marvelous for the Vikings. And eventually he turned into a pumpkin again in Denver. Like they just, there's certain throws he can't make. And um, that's what separates the men from the boys is that most guys that get to this level can show flashes of really being the part. Uh, but they just usually are undone by silly turnovers. And that's what Gino has to avoid. And that's what pretty much any quarterback that's in 17 through 32 on a given Sunday has to have, it's like Jared Goff. Like we know his arms pretty good. We saw it in 2018. He was a gunslinger. And all of a sudden the year after he wasn't very good. And now it's like, Oh, great. We got, we get to play golf. You know, it's you get excited when you play golf. And three years ago, it was like, Oh God, this is an MVP candidate. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all we got. We're going to next week. We're going to do a pre a pretender and a contender segment. 
And then the week after that, I want to, that'll be about week seven. I want to start looking at the lay of the land of teams that will potentially need quarterbacks in 2022. So we can move the, move the dice around a little bit to figure out, you know, the Steelers need one who could go there. Is the Rogers thing really going to be true that he leaves and we can start looking at some open spots, but next week we'll do contenders and pretenders. And that's all we got. Peace. You are watching a master at work. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.